A few years ago, I started an Instagram called Not a Minimalist. So I'm a maximalist and a collector. Kind of my general strategy for a collection. Your house is almost like a museum, right? Probably kind of ugly, but together, I think it looks really cool. Japanese stuff, European stuff, DM each other or like uh, commented on each other's posts. I mean, the hunt. For a collector, the hunt is... Move everything you collected, or like, is that on the, in the storage unit? That was fun, and so I've gotten to do that. And how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I, when I started collecting it 20 years ago, I really did say, this would be so cool to have a whole wall of this pirate. Today, welcome to the Be Frank Podcast, episode 21. Today, we have a special guest, Daniel Mathis. He's a not the minimalist on the Instagram. He's a, he has a bunch of followers on the Instagram, and he collects a lot of stuff, and I would like to dive into it. Thank you for coming to the show. Yeah, Daniel. sure. Thank you, Ryan. So, would you kind of explain who you are and what you do, and then who you're known for to the audience uh, never heard about you? Sure. Well, my name is Daniel Mathis, as you said. Um, I live here in, in Oklahoma City. I've, um, I'm a lawyer by day. Um, that's kind of my day job. And a few years ago, I started an, an Instagram called Not a Minimalist, which is obviously kind of a tongue-in-cheek play yeah. uh, in the sense that I'm a maximalist and a collector. Yeah. And primarily collect vintage and antiques and uh, all kinds of things. So this is uh, uh, yeah. one of the things, right? Can you kind of let me know what that what what those are? Sure. Yeah. So one of the things I collect a lot of, a lot of vintage pottery. Um, I have several vintage pottery collections, and this is probably the coolest one in some ways, and maybe the the most valuable collection. Um, it's called uh, Ozark Roadside Pottery or Ozark Tourist Pottery. And it was made by a guy in Missouri in the Ozarks. Um, he was born in like 1899. I think he started making it in like the late 20s, 1930s. Gotcha. And it was kind of a, a process that he developed on his own where, you know, it's it's kind of a, a thrown um, pottery, but it's it's got a lot of cement in the in the in the mixture. So it's kind of a heavy and a bulky pottery more than you know, a lot of potteries that feel very light or, right. you know, kind of thin. Um, and it's, you know, he, he developed this pattern of painting it in these sort of swirl and drip technique that he, he patented and um, would th these would be sold on the roadside on like Route 66 or other highways at like gas stations and, um, you know, just roadside gotcha. souvenir stands. So and do you so, get like a scoop of like, hey, this is a variable, like somebody call you or like you just drive around to collect stuff? Yeah, I just randomly, you know, the first, I started collecting it about seven years ago and I found the first piece in Tulsa just at an antique store and I didn't know anything about it. And I just thought it was, it just appealed to me purely from an aesthetic perspective. And I had these other pot, you know, another pottery collection that was kind of a swirl vintage pattern, but this was different. And so I bought it and did some research and kind of figured out what it was and then um, now, yeah, I just go all over any antique stores, flea markets, you can find them at estate sales in this, in this huh. part of the country, since it was, you know, a lot of it was made in Missouri. And then when I started sharing it on Instagram, um, and I've had my collection in a, in a couple of magazines, then people just contact you. Hey, I've got, I've got a piece. Um, there was a lady in Missouri who, 
um, she like she lives in the town. It's Hollister, Missouri, is where the guy lived, and so there's a lady that lived lives in Hollister, and she knew that I was a collector, and she had found a really cool lamp. So a lamp is probably the most rare piece. Yeah. There's only two or three of them. He probably made those in the 30s or 40s. <clears throat> and so she reached out to me, and she was like, "Hey, I'm." I'm finally going to get rid of my collection and get rid of this lamp. I know you were interested in it and, you know, I would love to sell it to you. So I drove over to Hollister one day and you, you know, drove. Yeah. So I drove wow. over there just a little day trip and it's like four hours or something yeah. and met her for lunch and brought it home and, you know, added to my collection. That's um, a quite a commitment to drive four hours. Is that, is yeah. that any way like, uh, do you do research for the, the people who contact you? Cause like they might not have the product, you know? No, that's true. Yeah. I, well, I had followed her. We had been following each other for a while. Oh, and so you. I kind of, kind of knew, her, you know, I felt comfortable, um, meeting her. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not much of a, of an adventurer when it comes to like going to places and meeting people that I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she was, you know, I was, I was, I felt like that was a safe, um, thing to do. And she had posted some pictures of it on Instagram before gotcha. and we had chatted that we'd only ever seen two of them anywhere amongst people who collect this kind of pottery um so, so what why is why do you collect collect uh pottery like this i don't know you know i mean why does i don't know it just appeals to me i mean everybody kind of says uh, i guess first of all i've been a collector since i was a kid like collecting is just kind of in my dna it was just something what I, did you collect the first i had like a rock collection like a lot of kids have and i had a collection of key rings like from all these places that we would go on vacations cool. with my family. And I still have both of those collections. And that was just kind of my natural inclination to sort of, you know, now I call it curate or I don't know. There's just something gratifying to me about completing um, that list, a collection of something or just seeing things in mass that, Particularly, some of the things that I collect are things that are pretty insignificant individually, but together it makes a really cool statement. Gotcha. And so that's kind of one of the things that I like to do too is to is to find things that are kind of ignored or insignificant, which from a collecting perspective typically makes them more more prevalent and available and also cheaper. So if you're just trying to have fun with it, um, finding things that are ignored that people don't really appreciate. And then when they see them in a collection in a certain displayed in a certain way, they realize, you know, wow, that's really cool. Or that looks really makes a fun statement. So it's just purely fun for me in general collecting. It was, like I said, it was one of the first things that I was kind of naturally inclined to do. And then in my sort of early career, when you're like moving a lot and having, you know, lots of apartments and stuff, yeah. it was, it's not real conducive to <laughs> having a lot of things. Do you and, move everything you collected or like is that on the in the storage unit? No, so I I um had storage units. So I lived in downtown Oklahoma City for 10 years and I had five or six storage rooms where I would put things that I couldn't fit in my apartment. And then a year and a half ago I bought a house north on the north side and finally have everything out which has kind of been my pet project for the last year and a half is, you know, redoing the house and getting all my collections kind of into one, one place. Gotcha. Some things that I've never had displayed before I'm getting to display them for the first time. And pottery was one of my earlier collections kind of in the vintage genre when I was out of college. And so I was just collecting pottery because that was just something that 
initially was pretty easy to find and just something kind of an easy to collect. Um, and then I just kind of got into this swirl stuff about seven years ago. I usually, I joke, I usually say it was so ugly that I hated it so much that I started liking it. <laughs> and because it kind you know, a lot of it is probably kind of ugly, but together I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and so this particular, and then this is kind of became my favorite favorite only because it's pretty hard to find now. And it just has kind of a, an appealing feel and texture and weight and the colors are very cool. I mean, there's so many colors. I mean, I have, I just picked, you know, grab some today, but, um, so anyway, I don't know. I mean, I, now I've, I pretty well reached my limit on, on pottery though. I don't. Is there any, like, uh, like you just said, like a reach a limit, right? Mm -hmm. Like when is, what, do you have a goal? Like to, for the pottery, like you, ha you need to have like every color possible or every size possible? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, now I'm kind of just looking for rare pieces. And so in terms of a, of a collection in general, if somebody's kind of my general strategy for a collection and what I usually tell people if they're going to start a collection is to, you know, once you find something that you want to start, you know, you don't, you buy the cheapest pieces first, you know, you don't, it's not a good idea to go out, go out the gate and buy the most expensive, the most rare piece you can find because you may not like it in six months. Gotcha. So yeah. commit to it for a little while and see if you're going to like it and want to live with it and fill out your collection with pretty basic pieces first. And then you can kind of complete it with more un unusual pieces and rarer pieces, which are going to be more expensive at the end. Gotcha. And that's what I typically do. So I'm kind of at the rare piece place with this collection, which is kind of why I bought that lamp from, the, from that I was talking about earlier right. and a few other pieces. Um, but if I see a piece that's inexpensive, I'll buy it anyway. Yeah. Um, but What's now like I'm the most expensive uh, pottery you bought. Um, of this stuff, um, I think I paid like somewhere between four and $500 for a piece. And it was a very small piece because it's a, an, an very unusual shape that I've never seen before. It's actually a star, oh, that's uh, cool. a shape of a star, which is very different from all, all the stuff that was, is turned. And I don't, so I don't even know how they made that. I'm not, I'm not really much of a, of a potter myself. So, um, and this particular pottery has really gone up in value in the last four or five years. And we just, I just contributed to an article in December um, for the, the magazine Antiques. It's a really old, sort of true antiques That's cool. magazine yeah. uh, in the Northeast. They're actually based in Brooklyn, but it kind of feels like a New England magazine. And this was their 75th anniversary. And so they were doing just an article on, on this pottery. And, um, we were taught one of the one of the issues we were talking about is how the value has gone up so much in the last few years, possibly of my own fault because I've been sharing a lot of it on on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> other people see it and know what it is, and it definitely you can track on eBay and some of the online auctions where the prices of, of the potter of this particular pottery has gone way up. Um, so it would be a really good time for me to sell my collection of this collection, but I don't you know I don't want to. I mean that's the problem with being a collector in yeah. Italy. Do you, do you ever never sell anything that collect, you collect? No, I really don't. Everybody always asks that. And I, I've maybe sold a few things like on Facebook marketplace, just mainly during the pandemic when I was like just home at yeah. the beginning and was like, Oh, maybe I'll get rid of a few things. But, um, now that I've kind of got everything out finally and am having fun with it, you know, in a house, 
I'll probably maybe find come up with some things that okay, I don't I don't want that anymore. Gotcha. Um, but a lot of my stuff is not particularly valuable either because, like I said, I like to collect things that are on their own, kind of insignificant, but make it kind of an art statement when it's you all put it together. together. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean. Also, like, uh, it's kind of interesting because that, that lady used, that sold a lamp to you in the Missouri or whatever, uh, she said that she's kind of done, so, like, you, if you want it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think that her thought process went through? Did you talk to her about lunch? Well, she was more of a dealer oh, in gotcha. general, and so she was a dealer, an antiques dealer, who also collected on the side, and so a lot of people who are dealers tend to sort of rotate things that Got you. Like that a little more. Like a hold on to it. And then then they're ready to go, uh, ready to let it go. But since I'm not a dealer, you know, that's not really part of my um, MO. And, but, you know, you can only, as a maximalist, you you only can have so many things. So eventually if I decide to change things out or if I get tired of something. um, But one of my collections that I've, you know, on my Instagram, I have a couple pictures of this white pottery collection, which is totally other end of the spectrum of this, which is all just matte white mid-century american-made pottery it was mass produced there's it's very plentiful other than maybe some of the older pieces and i've been collecting that for 20 years wow. and have never had it all displayed until now and it's obviously a pretty extreme um display of that kind of pottery probably i've never seen you know that much displayed anywhere in the country and they tell me i'm the largest that i have the largest collection of this pottery in the country but i don't know that that's true because not everybody who collects it yeah you know publicizes it um so do you decide like what to collect like in the house like okay i would like to see pottery like here and like vision visualize it or like you go to store like a driving by say oh this is interesting i'm gonna start collecting what's the process of start? yeah collecting things. it's the second one that you oh, yeah. said it's it's i i see something that i just you know decide i want to collect and then i i probably wait until i've seen them multiple times at multiple places so that i kind of get a feel for you know it's it's prevalent nice. what are the price points are there more than one type of them that you could you know if, if they only make three or something yeah yeah, you know, three is kind of a boring collection, even if you had multiples of the same three things. Right. So there needs to be a, a variety of whatever it is to, you know, to really have an interesting collection. So once I see something a few times, somewhere in the fifth, sixth, seventh time, if I run across something and I feel like it's a good price, then, you know, I the dam breaks and there and i've got something new to, to collect how often um, do you go shop or like how do you do you say shop or collect no i mean we go antiquing or you know thrift yeah. stores or in all the antique stores i mean all the antique store owners here know me and <laughs> I, I go in pretty regularly i haven't done as much in the last year or so since i've been shifting to a house renovation just because i haven't got as much time got you so i've done a little bit of online shopping and i had to pivot to more furniture buying for the house and so what i've so i'm kind of you know i used to post like on instagram once a week at least and now i'm more like once a month because i've spent i have so much i just number one i'm not finished with the house and so i don't have as much to show and i don't want to show i could do a lot of in progress things but i just don't have time to do that and you know i I have a day job this is a hobby so whatever i post typically is a couple of hour idea on the weekend and 
if I'm working on a renovation. And everybody always wants to see like my renovation process and all of this stuff, which would be great and fun to do, but I just don't have time to do it. Yeah. Or if, you know, contractors there, it's just too much, too, the mayhem is just more than I can manage, yeah. unless I was doing it full time, which, yeah. you know. Um, How did you start like uh, getting followers? Like, did you, did you like slowly posting it? Like, when was it like a turning point? Like, okay, you have, you have like almost like 50,000 followers, mm -hmm. right? Like, what was like a turning point to be, oh, I have a lot of followers? Well, it's kind of funny. It feels like it happened in some ways all at once, um, kind of midway through. I guess I've been on Instagram about four years, and the first couple of years, you know, the first year or so was kind of slow. And, you know, Instagram was a lot different four years ago yeah. than it is now. In Pictures. Terms of reels, <laughs> and it was still photos and yeah. a lot less video and hashtags made a difference and yeah. all of the, the things that you could use to find, make connections were a little bit different. So I started posting and then, you know, trying to develop relationships with other people who had similar interests and kind of learning what to post and what works for me and what feels genuine but also interesting and unique and then it kind of snowballed and somewhere maybe a year or two ago I think is really where I started accumulating or had posts that you know got much more many you know a lot more likes and started doing a lot more things but I you know the magazine exposure happened too which helps and that happened Within six months, like probably of starting my account, I had somebody reach out um, wanting to photograph my apartment. And so that was fun. And so I've gotten to do that. Probably a dozen, had like a dozen magazine articles. And um, yeah, I thought like your Instagram post, like photography is a professional. Do you take your own or like a day? Somebody come in to take that? No, I take them. Yeah. If it's of the house, I take them. If it's me, it's uh, I don't, Ellie Fair, who's a local photographer, comes in. She and I, she'll take, do my portraits and things of me. Um, and, but if otherwise it's just me, yeah, I'll, I'll just use an iPhone. I, I have a real camera that I dabble with too if I have time, but yeah. most of them are just iPhone photographs that I edit a little bit. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, so like, uh, do you guys like a community creation, right? Like Instagram, probably not having a community aspect anymore, kind of, mm -hmm. but like, uh, what you doing like a DM each other or like, uh, commented on each other's posts or like, what were you doing to, in terms of interacting with other yeah, content yeah. creators? Yeah, it was it. Yeah. I mean, for a while, I mean, there was a, definitely a, a group of sort of vintage design oriented kind of accounts, collectors, maximalists that um, kind of aggregated together for the last three or four years that I've been doing it. And we all kind of became buddies in a way. And, you know, I don't know how many in the core group that we kind of all just kind of hit it off. You know, you kind of find your, you know, your people yeah. in terms of uh, who you relate to the most or it's, it, I mean, even personality wise, you can kind of feel it yeah through instagram chatting and posting even though most of us have never met in person and yeah we do we kind of support each other and you when you develop those relationships you comment you, you you want to comment on each other's posts and you want to support each other and you want to share things that somebody else has done and so that we kind of all fed off of that um a lot and two of those people now have gone on and have shows currently on the magnolia network wow mm -hmm. Does, uh, do you guys have like, um, 
collector, like a good collector, bad collector? Like, is there like any like a judgments? No, I wouldn't say there's judgment. I mean, obviously the the distinction, one of the distinctions I think that people have noted about what I do is that not everybody who collects can also display it in an interesting way interesting, and yeah. incorporate it into a home in a way that doesn't feel um, busy or cluttery or whatever. And certainly some people would think my house is cluttery, but it's, there is sort of an art, I guess, to the, to the, to the display. I guess it's, collection. it's not clutter that you have. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> And there are some things that I didn't know that I did until people started asking me about it or I had to answer questions about it. But in, in terms of when I self, did self-examination, like of, of what, what have I done here to display these collections, you know, one of the things I did sort of in, inherently is all of my collections are together. Each collection is together. I don't have a room where a collection is spread across the room. Gotcha. Like if you collected, you know, I don't know, stuffed red stuffed bears, and you put them all around your living room and somebody walks in, you're, they're going to be like, there's a red, I'm looking at a red stuff there everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to look. My eye doesn't know where to rest. Right. Whereas if you put them all in a, in a, in a white bookshelf, it reads as kind of a single installation. And then you've got texture and single color and it reads as just kind of an one thing as opposed to a hundred of them around the room. So there are some tricks like that that can help bring focus and um to to the disparate nature of sort of you know the clutter of collections and then there's just sort of balance with respect to like scale and texture and all those things that I kind of just it's kind of natural for me because I'm not like a trained designer or anything like that by any means and um but it's just something i enjoy and yeah, i love to, photo looking at a photo like obviously you have the eye for it you know it's just like a nice yeah, I mean, and mm -hmm. curated and then yeah i enjoy do you have like a housekeeper like a clean your house no that's one of the number one questions i get is you know <laughs> how do you dust and it's like well you just do and yeah. also there just is some dust yeah and you just deal with it um but i i live alone i'm single and so it's rooms that I don't go in frequently are are not getting that dusty and you know it's like um I also use the you know the best filters you can use in your AC and I have you know I use like canned air to like blow small things and I have a lot of little tricks that I use to dust best, best filter for AC yeah like you know I don't know what the brands are but like you know the HEPA the really good filters gotcha. in your in your air conditioner and then at my apartment I actually had filters in the vents themselves so like if you have vents in the ceiling if you put those extra there's little cut to fit filters that you can put in the vent itself the one that's blowing out yeah because particularly with ceiling vents there's a lot of dust that will blow down and so that also helps to mit mit mitigate dust that's like settling from your air vents huh. in the ceiling so there's a number of things you can do to try to cut the dust down in the air a little yeah. bit but my apartment was only two bedrooms, and so it was something that I could handle at my house. Now I've got like 5,000 square feet, so I went from I almost five times the amount of square footage. And so I'll probably have to have somebody help me <laughs> do the normal cleaning and yeah. then the collections I would do myself. There's just no way for anybody to really yeah. do that. How many uh, category of the collection you do you currently have? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know how to categorize it. I mean, I have a lot. There's probably something in every room. I mean, I collect, you know, pottery. I collect tramp art, which is um, kind of hard to describe, but it's kind of a folk art 
there's a variety of pieces of tramp art, but I have a collection of tramp art mirrors. I have, you know, probably a dozen or more collections of different kinds of pottery. I have vintage brass collection. Um, I mean, there's a lot. I, there's just a lot of different things. More than things. 20? Yeah, oh, yeah, more than 20 for more sure. More than 50? No, probably less than 50. Gotcha. Somewhere between 20 and 50. Hmm. It's probably fair. And I, yeah, I mean, I have things that I even forget about, you know, because there was a lady whose husband collected rulers and he had amassed this amazing collection of, of rulers, wooden rulers, all kinds of rulers from, you know, all antique one. You know, some of them are 50 years old. And I also had a, I have a collection of yardsticks, which is, you know, I just one started buying yardsticks one year. I don't know why. And um, also had some, so I had, I had the, had sort of used them as art on the wall. And so she'd seen that and her husband had passed away and he had all of these rulers that he had meticulously documented the day that he bought each one, nice. how much he paid for it. And she, he had them alphabetized in this little black book and she wanted them to go to a good place. And so she was like, I'll, I'll, I would love for you to have these. Um, and I, I was like, I'll, I'll, I would love to have them. And so she sent them, sent them to me and it was, you know, I think five huge boxes. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was my, it's gotta be a thousand.